Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed, and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. And Kathy's in charge of the service, so she's going to take care of the rest. Well, good morning. And uh, we are going to have a special morning this morning where I've asked some moms to come up. And these are all very special moms. Not that anyone else here isn't special. We're all special. Um, But they have different circumstances. How many know motherhood can be full of surprises? And, uh, and, you know, and some people are, you know, going through different things or maybe have had to deal with different things as moms. So I've invited these ladies. Now, I don't, we all have a drink here. We just have to figure out whose is whose. Um, who had the herbal tea? I think this is it. Okay, we're just trying to figure out our drinks. Sorry. Um, how many know these? I know this one's mine. Oh, names are on it. Okay, there we go. That makes it easy. <laughs> So ladies, I want to welcome you, and we're just going to be kind of talking to each other, but talking to you, and, um, and just sharing a little bit about what it is to be a mom, or some surprises that maybe being a mom has, has brought our way, and so I've asked all these ladies up here for different reasons, and, uh, and so we're going to start, and I'm going to give them each an opportunity to share, and they're going to tell you maybe a funny story or something that God has, has uh, helped them through, and uh, so I'm going to start with, I'll start with you. Okay, you're right beside me. This is Kirsten. How many know Kirsten? And Kirsten's, Kirsten's our new mom. And so she's got two little ones that are under two, I believe. And uh, her last one, Harrison, he's just several months old now. But he also was born with a, a health issue. So I'm going to let her share, you know, on, on kind of a little bit of what it's like to be a new mom. And especially having her second uh, child with um, something that was a bit concerning for them. Do you want me to use this one? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll have to. Yeah. I'll be louder. Um, okay, being a new mom. It was, so uh, with our first child, so Nathan and I, we waited seven years before we had children. We kind of wanted to just be married and do some things and not rush into parenthood right away. We had to, like, ease off the grandparents, too, and tell them we had a five-year plan. Well, five years turned into seven years. <laughs> Uh, whoops. A lot so, of pressure from yeah, parents. Yeah, there was a right? lot of pressure. Um, so we waited seven years. Um, and so when it was time to kid, we really felt, and I always said that God would really put it on my heart. Um, and sort of, we have a testimony that goes along with that, moving back to Windsor. And uh, both Nathan and I went through the Genesis program. And after that, we were sort of ready um, to to have kids. We felt God put it on our hearts. It was time. So everything with Sante was planned. I'm talking like I got pregnant in the exact month I wanted to get pregnant. He, you know, everything was like, he was this perfect plan. Um, and God has given me scriptures for my two boys. And, um, with that, it's from first Samuel and it talks about, um, doesn't talk about, it says, (laughs) um, I have prayed for this child, and God has granted me what I've asked of him. And so that was Sante. Uh, Harrison was uh, God's plan, not our plan. And nothing about Harrison has been planned. Uh, (laughs) Nothing. Um, But that's okay. And he's been, you know, it's really brought forth the scripture is that God's ways are higher than our ways. His plans and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, right? So 
uh, with Harrison. Uh, he came in December, and while he was still in our womb, which honestly, uh, going through with Harrison, so Harrison has, uh, it's called hydronephrosis, which basically just means his kidneys are bigger than they should be. Um, and, but we found that one side was actually not draining. So Harrison had to have surgery in April. He was only three months old. Uh, and the doctor said that we normally uh, don't do that till they're six months old, but it was kind of serious and he wanted to get it done. So we kind of went through that with Harrison. Um, but God's really been with me. He hasn't been silent at all. Um, and kind of talking to me through this whole thing, like I knew, and it was sort of like this battle of faith, right? Like, what do I have faith for? Because I kind of knew we were going to have to go through the surgery when I was going to that appointment to get told. And it was kind of like people like, we're believing for no surgery. And I was like, that's my you know, that's a prayer. It's like, God, yes, I would like this to be, but your will be done here. And if this is something that I have to walk through, as long as you're with me, I can kind of walk through this. And so that's kind of been where I'm at. I, you know, have had to keep checking in with myself. Am I numbing? Am I not feeling? Am I doing, you know, we have all these tools from things that I'm trying to put in play. What's happening with me? Like, am I okay for real? Or am I going to have like this explosion breakdown soon? Um, <laughs> No, but I haven't. So God's been with me through this whole thing. Harrison has come through amazingly. Uh, we actually had a kind of a little miracle. So, yes. So Harrison was supposed to have a, he had a stint, and it was actually coming out of his body, and he was supposed to have that in for five weeks. Um, the night, the day after we got home from London, um, it came out. <laughs> we were like, ah. Uh. <laughs> So we went shooting back to London and, you know, was there for the whole day, did all these tests, and the doctor says, he's probably fine. He doesn't really need this. So we haven't even had to have the stint in. Everything's healing amazing. And he's, you know, God's just been so talking to me through the whole thing and been a part of, I mean, I can't be a mom without God, never mind, you know, going through something without God. So it's sort of like the big and the little. And I just find that um, the scripture that for both my kids, each of my kids have a scripture. So with Harrison, because he wasn't our plan, he was Jeremiah 1.5, that God knew him before, you know, he put him in my womb and, and he's been set apart, right? Because he's been all God's plan. Um, and, but something that as a mom, I've just kind of, if I'm faithful with the little, and I call my kids littles, I'm like, oh, these are my littles. Um, <laughs> so if I'm faithful with the little that God, will, you know, make me faithful and much. So that's kind of my, my mom. Cool. Me, awesome. me, me as a mom. Awesome. Me mom. <laughs> okay, we're going to skip over to Angie. And Angie, she's a, a great woman of God and a, a very successful businesswoman. And she had two teenage boys. And then a surprise happened. So I'm going to let her share about that and how that's impacted her and how God has helped her along that way. Good morning, everyone. So as Pastor Kathy said, I had two teenage boys and I was happily planning for my 20th anniversary, super excited to you know, kind of figure out something romantic to do. The boys were uh, 15 and 16, so we felt really confident leaving them with grandma and grandpa and, and doing something really great. I don't know, it's dangerous leaving them with them. <laughs> <laughs> there was my first mistake. <laughs> So I'm trying to, you know, figure out what we're going to do. And um, I wasn't feeling super well. And I walked into Starbucks one morning to meet a client. And my client said these fabulous words to me. She's like, wow, your skin is glowing. <laughs> and it was like, 
right there I knew that I was, I was pregnant. So that, that, that morning I went for six, yes, six full pregnancy tests to confirm that I indeed, <laughs> I absolutely positively was pregnant. And uh, the first stop I had was to talk to my husband, whom I, I adore wherever he is. Um, and the backstory is, is after Levi and Liam, I wanted more children and Andre, Andre was done. He, he tapped out. So telling him 15 years later that um, I was pregnant was something I was really nervous to do, even though if we're going to assign fault here, I'm going to put 99 over there. <laughs> Just saying. But so I, I had to see him, and I was in between appointments, and I'm trying to figure out how to see him. And he's like, hey, babe, did you go to that doctor's appointment you had? And of course I had, and I had you know, done the seventh pregnancy test there just to confirm. <laughs> Um, so it, it was actually a, quite an expenditure on our family's income to figure out I was pregnant by the ones that I did at home anyways. Um, I said, yeah, I did. He goes, oh, how did it go? And I hadn't been feeling good for weeks, right? And I'm like, I think, I think we should talk. Like, do you have time to meet me? And he's like, yeah, where are you? I said, I'm near Starbucks. He comes to Starbucks and I couldn't get the words out. It was one of those moments where they just, they were stuck inside of me and I was sobbing. Like I was, I was scared. <laughs> How do you say this? So I just grabbed the prescription the doctor gave me for the vitamins and I hand them to my husband. And I'm, I'm literally waiting for him to be upset. And he looks at me and he goes, ha ha, this just bought me 18 more years in Disney World. <laughs> He responded a lot better than I thought I did. Now, that was, that was step number one. Step number two was telling the 15-year-old and the 16-year-old, which, you know, they had always wanted more siblings. They were like, you know, I thought they would be pretty excited. And my, my, my one son looks at me. He goes, Mom, of all the awkward, terrible conversations you've made me sit through in the last few years, this is where we are? So we, we, we've walked through this. It's been, it's been you know, life-changing for all of us. It, it was God's plan, certainly not mine. As much as I wanted more kids, I, I don't think I would have chosen at the age I was to have another baby. I might have put them closer together. But as we walk through this, I see why this is God's perfect plan for our family. This is exactly what we needed at the exact moment. And God had a plan bigger and greater than mine. And you didn't tell them what you had. Oh, <laughs> and I got a little girl. <laughs> Amen. That's awesome. I love hearing that story. I remember the day you came and sat down with Pastor Rick. They took us out for dinner and they dropped it on us too. And we were like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> it was. And Gracie is such a sweetheart. She's adorable. And blessing, I'm going to go to you next. And, and Angie mentioned about not spacing kids out, uh, but blessing has four children from four to 22. Is that right? Almost 22. And it was planned. So I kind of want to explain why. Um, <laughs> but also she has, um, she has something I think is awesome that she does as a mother. Because how many know when we're parents, 
we have responsibilities for our children. And, you know, a lot of times we wonder, you know, and I'm not putting blame on anybody or anything. I know it, parenting is difficult. And sometimes we make decisions, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And we all make mistakes. But um, I really admire what you are doing with your children and uh, have been doing. And so maybe you can share a little bit about that. Okay. Um, hi, Victor. <laughs> He did give me permission to use this story. Uh, I have three boys and a beautiful baby girl, and um, I'm also a teacher by profession, um, so I'm a little bit on the crazy side. So, <laughs> we so, like crazy here. Oh, okay, that's good. So um, bringing up the boys, uh, I realized that my, my handsome boy over there, he really loved uh, computers and games, game cubes. Uh, we and uh, he would sit on it and play for hours and hours on end. And, and I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, this is something I don't really want to have them growing up with. So uh, we made a decision not to buy it in the house. And uh, they kept growing up. And we visited my brother-in-law in Texas. And he being what he is, he gave them a Christmas present and bought them a Wii Cube. <laughs> <laughs> So he bought them a GameCube and I'm sitting there going, oh, awkward, what are we going to do? But we were like, okay, we brought it home and then they kept playing and then it was becoming an issue. And they spent hours playing and then one day my husband and I came in and my little one, he was a little bit upset that we came in and usually when we come back, he's like, okay, put that away, time off. So like, no, go away, you can, you can come in. And then my husband was like, oh, he didn't. So, <laughs> so it kept on then well, a couple of months, three months, four months, five months, and then I couldn't take it anymore. After one section of five hours play, I took it, went to the garage, took a baseball to it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> And I broke it up, and that was the end of the game. It never happened again. They wept. I feel bad. They they bored and cried, and my baby is gonna be okay. You're gonna you're gonna get over it. It's gonna be okay. And they were bored. Oh, the GameCube. Anyways, um, that was the end of the GameCube. They, I never bought it. Uh, I promised myself no more presents of present of GameCube from anyone and I think they grew up pretty better socialized and interacting with one another. It actually reminded me of, if you ever saw the movie Gifted Hands um, and you know, um, I forget the name of the doctor right now, I'm drawing a blank. Pardon? Ben Carson, yes. Um, his life story and how him and his brother were being raised by a single mom and they were watching all kinds of TV. And she kind of got a revelation when she was doing uh, house cleaning for a professor and she's in the library looking at all the books and seeing that this man had lots of money. And so she went home and she turned the TV off and told her kids they were only allowed to watch two hours of TV a week and they had to read two books a week and do a book report. And so, and he was failing in school and ended up being uh, a brain surgeon one of the top brain surgeons in the world. So uh, your story kind of reminded me a little bit like that, where, you know, sometimes we have to make hard calls as a mom and, uh, and force our kids to do things that they should be doing that will help them be successful in life. And so that's awesome. And uh, so, great. Would you like me to share a little more? About it, or? Uh, yeah, well, why don't we get back to it? Okay, oh, okay. we'll get back to it. So I've got Krista. 
we are going to talk with you. And you, Chris says she's been in our church for, I, I think, since you were real little, 12 years old. Okay. And I know uh, her mother is uh, Sharon Holder, who's always got a smile on her face. She's somewhere. I don't know if she's in the building or not, uh, but she will be. And, um, and so you had kind of an unexpected uh, surprise and and it was a challenge for you and because you have a special needs daughter Tori and maybe you can tell us a little bit about that and how you had to process through all that and uh, and she's such a blessing she's such a beautiful little girl and uh, we all love her and um, and so maybe you can share kind of how God helped you through that and kind of what you went through sure I can do that um, I'm gonna preface this by I'm gonna cry <laughs> About a month before Victoria was born, God put it on my heart to just start praying for her healing. And I had no idea there was anything wrong with Victoria, but he gave me scriptures about pray for her wholeness. Thank me that she's sound and she's whole. Didn't know why, but I was faithful to do that, thankfully. And um, when she was born, um, they whisked her away. We didn't know what the issue was. Rob and I were just waiting. And um, it took till the next morning for us to find out that Victoria was diagnosed with Down syndrome. Um, complete shock. But what God did with me praying for her wholeness, children with Down syndrome, they have heart defects, they have bowel defects, they have cancer, they have hearing, they have sight, they have so many issues, those precious children, and Victoria has had none of them. Um, he has been so faithful with her help, and I'm so grateful. Um, but to keep things real, um, for moms out there that are struggling, the first year of my life I didn't honor. Being completely honest, I loved her, but I couldn't celebrate her. And her first, her first birthday came around. And I didn't want to celebrate her first birthday. But God is faithful. Amen. And his, the scripture he gave me was in Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. And anyone who knows me, I like to describe myself as having an intense personality. <laughs> a little bit driven, a little bit intense. Being still was not something I was very good at. And... Um, I will tell you now that I would not trade Victoria for the world. I would not change her. She is such a blessing. And I just want to share a couple things. Um, having a child with special needs, um, the community and the people that have come into my life because of Victoria. Um, I remember the first few months, um, my friend Shannon, and I was talking to her, and I was just so upset and telling her this is the worst thing that could have ever happened to me. And I remember her saying, no, it's not the worst thing. And I remember feeling like, how could you say that? <laughs> you don't understand. But I've been so thankful that she said that because over the years, it's reminded me to be thankful and to be grateful for Victoria because there is definitely so many other things. We all are going through things, whether you know, every mom goes through things, whether you're ch you have a child with special needs or a rebellious child. Um, everyone's going through something, and to be thankful. And somebody else, um, Margie Paralini, um, a couple months in, with my intense personality, I had given myself one month to get over 
this. <laughs> okay, Krista, you got one month, you can, you know, feel bad or whatever, and after a month you need to be ready to move on. And she committed to visit me on a regular basis, and one of the things she said to me was, you need to give yourself a year. Don't think you're going to have it all figured out. And that really stuck with me. Give yourself a year. Like, it took the pressure off. And helped me to be still. And um, so I have. And, I mean, being a special needs mom, there's lots of challenges. Um, Victoria's had a lot of different therapies and a lot of different speech. You know, she has issues with her speech. And um, I just want to encourage people out there that um, parents with children with special needs, we still want to talk about them. Um, don't be afraid to ask us about it. Um, and we know that you have challenges too. Every parent has challenges. We just have different challenges and we're comfortable. We would like to talk to you about it. Um, and uh, what else did I want to say? Um, there was one more. After I started being thankful for Victoria, um, I have a career and I work full time. So I went from struggling with Victoria to then feeling guilty. <laughs> I'm a full-time mom. I don't have a lot of energy when I come home. You know, God, why? Why didn't you give her to someone who's, you know, a stay-at-home mom that can do all the extras? Like, I look at my sister, Sherry. She's super mom. She stayed at home. Um, she's always investigating and, and learning things. And I just thought Victoria would have benefited to be with somebody else. And my boss at work, who happened to be a Christian, I had shared that with him one day, and he said, you know what, Krista? God picked you and Rob out for Victoria. She's not going to do better with anyone else. He will fill in the gaps for you. And um, he has. He, God is faithful. And just being, like I had mentioned about community, there's, you know, EAs and um, therapists, people we never would have talked to, people we never would have been able to share God with. We've been able to do that. And um, I just want to thank Rob and Matthew um, for being my teammates in all of this. And I'm just very thankful for Victoria. Awesome. And last but not least, we're going to go to Polly. <laughs> And I've known Pauline ever since I came to this church, her and her wonderful husband, Richard, and her two beautiful daughters, and uh, they're just incredible people. They brought many people into this church, and uh, I remember uh, you guys were just bringing people in all the time, and uh, we're so grateful for that. But Pauline just recently lost her mom, but she's also got two grown daughters who are married and are all in our church, and and many grandchildren now, so maybe you can kind of tell about the generational thing and just how you're processing losing your mom who was a wonderful lady as well yeah i chose to talk about pastor rick talks about the importance of generations one upon the other and i was very very blessed when i was a child my grandmother my dad's mom lived across the driveway my mom's mom lived maybe less than a mile away and my two great grandmothers lived half a mile away so no we were french but same thing so i had i grew up with the influence of wonderful wonderful women they were all different in character and you know one of them was my grandmother's mother she was the feistiest little thing i've ever met and she called herself they called her the midwife she delivered all the babies in stony point 
No training, just did it on her wits. <laughs> so I have, I come from a really good heritage of mothers, and my mom was just a true, gentle, gentle spirit. And with all of them, and I look back, I never heard one of those women ever gossip. Ever, never. Ever talk about people in a negative way. If they didn't have something positive to say, they didn't speak, you know? So it, that, that in itself speaks volumes. <laughs> and when we got married, Richard and I have been married 52 years, we have two daughters. Yeah. So they were blessed by having Richard's mom living across the street. And Mish really bonded with mom. She would walk over there and they would have talks and mom would tell her she could do anything she wanted in the world. So they had this whole thing going where you just keep going to school and you become somebody and you'll, be, you'll do well. And Julie was the same way. She was encouraged. But they were the easiest kids to raise. They, those two, they, they never stopped. They, were, they never sat and watched TV. They were always doing. And one of the stories I can remember from just their spirits was every spring they would go down to the flats behind our house and they would drag this big lawn, this lawnmower and every weekend they would cut the grass to prep their park. And they were only 12, 11 and 12 and 13 years old. They would, this is the, the spirit that they have of adventure and all that. And then, as soon as school was almost done, everybody brought a tent down there. So we had about 14, 12, 11, 12 girls in our area. They would camp for weeks down there. They would, and Mish was the organizer. She would line up, make sure everybody brought the food they needed. But they grew up with a spirit of adventure, probably coming from their father. And, <laughs> yes. And, yeah, and good, good, the bad, and the ugly, but that's, that's probably it. Um, but they grew up with a sense of responsibility that didn't just come from us. It came back then. It, came, it went, went way back. And I look at them now as mature mothers. I'm more mature than they are because I'm older, but they're mature mothers. And I stand in awe of like Mish, Mish's job as a police officer, she's a staff sergeant, it's a hard job. And she has purpose from day one to not let her heart be hardened. And I don't know how she does it, but she's done it. And her priority was always her family, her children, and then work. And when God came first, but I mean, in, in her line, lineup of priorities, but her family has always been there. And I, you see the results of it now. The boys are fabulous. And her marriage is solid because of that, that, that willing that I will not do less than that. And then Julie, well, we all know what Julie went through with Charlie and the brain tumor and all that. But when I looked at her being the mom to these three children, I, I, I'd often say, who the heck raised her? Like, where did she come from? Who has that kind of stamina yeah. and love and passion and those children those three kids grew up in that house not knowing that there was an illness in there they were when charlie was ready to pass away they couldn't believe that he was actually dying because they never really saw him as a sick person because she maintained that healthy home attitude where they they were they were comfortable they were they were at peace. There was always peace in their home.
And gratefully, both of my girls have got this wonderful spirit of hospitality and orderliness. Their houses are so clean, you know. Oh. But, and they're good cooks. So it, it, and, and I'm not taking credit for Making anything. Making a lot of people feel guilty out here, no? <laughs> <laughs> Misha, you're all coming over for dinner. Um, but I, I don't, I, what I'm saying is that it's not just my mothering skills or anything. It's the mothers and the love and the tutoring and the mentoring that went before me. So we as grandmothers and great, I'm a great grandmother now, um, we have to remember that we're not, we don't fade out. We're still there. And mothering, being a good mom is a 24-7 job. You really, you really are. You know, you get called in, you gotta take one to the hospital. You gotta be there. So, but it's a joy, it's a joy. It's, it's been fun, it's been fun. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> we only have about five minutes left, so I, uh, but you guys all did amazing. So maybe I'm going to let you each share, kind of we can go along this way, and say one thing that you would say to moms out there that you think would be helpful for them. Um, I think that what I would say is, you know what, for me, it has definitely taken a village uh, to, ra to help raise my child and to have people come around and support me. Um, I have the luxury of having an amazing mother. Uh, I, Nathan and I, our grandparents are still alive. Uh, he has three and I have three, so we've got six grand. Our, my kids have six great grandparents. Um, then the four grandparents and uh, my sister and I are uh, slightly on the codependent side. So <laughs> we're basically together every day with our four boys between the two of us. So uh, I would say it takes a village to raise a child and I am so blessed to have that support and I know that not everyone out there has that kind of support but I feel like it's out there. Um, and so I guess I would encourage you to reach out uh, to your church community. I mean, the Bible says don't neglect the gathering of the brethren and this is why, you know, like reach out, find support, find friends, people. Um, we have a great moms group uh, here at the church. Uh, the moms group is every first and third uh, Tuesday. And we do, we come along the church mandate and we do an actual kid-friendly prayer and worship session for about an hour from 11.30, no, from 10.30 to 11.30. Uh, and then from 11.30 to 12.30, and we're usually there till like 1.30 or two. Um, we're just talking and socializing and laughing and there's a great place for your kids to play um, and it just is a kind of a support group and honestly I have so much support in my life but like I go there because I also want to be a support because I have support I have some time and support that I can give and so I would say find a village if you don't have one and if you do have one like receive the help like you know help comes from the Lord and the Lord sends us people and uh, allow the church and allow your families to come alongside you because that's it's really what it takes and like I know I couldn't do it without my village um, that includes this church family here um, I guess the one thing I would say I actually received a text this morning from I call her my prayer lady she mentors me uh, Christine even and she wished me a happy Mother's Day, and she said, you are a great mom because you love. And I just want to encourage all the moms out there that we all make mistakes, and we all do some good things as well, but we are all great moms because we love our kids and we do our best for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
I would encourage moms to have the type of home where their friends, your children's friends, feel comfortable coming to at any time. So a home with peace and love and just an open door type of home so that the children in the neighborhood or your relatives are comfortable coming in and they feel the love. They feel the love. We had like 14 kids in our neighborhood and they were always at our house. Oh, but it was wonderful because they were safe and they, they loved it. They loved it. So that's... Um, my four kids are totally different from each other. So no cook, nothing, nothing you do for the first one works for the fourth one. So <laughs> I dropped the ball every day uh, when Pastor Kati called me. I, um, I cried all the way home. Uh, I was born and I'm like, I dropped the ball. I don't know what to do. And she's like, okay, share a scripture. I'm like, I don't even have a scripture to raise my kids. It's my husband that has all the scripture. So um, uh, what I want to say to all the parents out there and uh, the scripture that kind of sums up the way I brought up my kids and the way I raised them all is, um, says be completely humble. Um, I admit I drop the balls all the time. And yeah. They know and I tell them. You know what? Mom makes mistakes, and when I do it, don't be afraid. Come to me. I want to hear what you think, and I'm not going to judge you. Uh, this is Ephesians 4, 2 to 3, and it says, be gentle. Uh, I was raised up in a very strict environment, so uh, I started off that way, but uh, a prefrontal uh, circumstances made me change because I found a letter from my older son. Uh, he was, it was a very sad letter. Like, he was really sad saying he didn't even have uh, the way to live on because he didn't really feel like his voice was being heard. Uh, that was about 12 years ago and that totally changed my life. I'm like, um, I grew up not having a voice. I didn't really like the way it felt, so I wasn't gonna let that happen. So I gave them the opportunity. I'm like, you know what? Come to me whenever you want. I will listen to you at any time. That kind of backfired because one of them took it to the airstream and he's <laughs> <laughs> He says everything that comes to his mind. <laughs> but we use it for teaching moment all the time. Um, I wanted to read a letter from him, but he's like, no, um, you're going to embarrass me. Don't read it. But maybe when he changes his mind, I'll read it. So he says, uh, be patient. So I'm patient. I get you. Know, they are not adults yet. They are growing. They're going to make mistakes. And for me to expect that, that they're going to be perfect and where they are, it's being unfair. And then uh, bearing with one another in love. I tell them, whatever I do, I want uh, the love of Christ in me and the love I have for them shines through. And if they can't see the love of Christ, then I'm doing something wrong in the way I'm correcting them or the way I'm raising them. And um, I make every effort to keep the unity and spirit through the bond of peace. Um, whether they've dropped the ball or I have dropped the ball, we try not to ostracize them. Not to make them feel like, oh God, uh, oh, whoa, there is no communication between my parents and I. We talk about it, we, we make amends, and we move on. It's gone. And that is the philosophy we adopted. When I was growing up, I was going through my rebellious years. I can't even look at my mom and say this, but <laughs> I, I would tell her, I would say, Mom, I don't know if I believe in God. I don't want to go to church. I, I want nothing to do with what you've raised me in. And she would say, Proverbs 22, 6, she said, when you raise up a child in the way they should go, they won't depart from it. And I would be like, it's a promise of God, right? 
I want to encourage every mother here, every, every family, you're planting seeds and you don't see the plant right away, right? And that's, that's the faith portion. That's what we're walking through every day as parents. And as women, we're called to be leaders in a way that is, is, is impactful and, and life-changing to our children. So even though you don't see the plant that you want to see yet, keep planting your seeds. Keep doing what God told you to do. Keep, keep, keep sowing into your children, even when you're not getting your harvest, because God has a promise that they are coming back. Amen. Well, that, that is awesome. You guys all did amazing, and I'm sure everybody got some great advice, and I wish we had more time. I could sit here for another hour and do this, and uh, I have a little gift for each of you, too, so we can pass, pass those on, take one. And uh, didn't they do awesome? And we're going to give you each a rose as well. So thank you guys so much, and I hope you enjoyed this. This is something kind of out of the box. We decided to do this Mother's Day, but I thought it was great, and I thought you guys did awesome. What wise women we have in our church, amen? And uh, I'm so grateful. In the second service, we have five totally different women coming up. Uh, we'll be having somebody that's had triplets, someone that's... Uh, actually fostered over a hundred children and uh, so we have some kind of unique situations coming up in the next service as well so I'm gonna let this pastor Rick take over from here and I'm gonna go out to the back because I have to get ready for the book signing and so I love all of you God bless you and I would give you lots of advice on motherhood too but I can't because I'm out of time well, I want to welcome you all to our new talk show. No, <laughs> we're going to have a mom's talk show this morning. And um, we did this in the first service. We had five different women in the first service and five different ones in this service. And, and we've kind of randomly selected moms, but particularly moms that have unique things they've gone through that we can probably all relate to, um, or some of us can relate to different ones, obviously. And how many know being a mom has its upside and its downside? It's got good things and bad things. And, and and as women, we all struggle. And again, we realize, sorry, I've got my back to people back here, but um, I'll try and turn around a little bit more. But um, we really, you know, we all have different situations. Being a mom is not a cookie cutter thing. You know, you never know what's going to happen. And, you know, when you have children, you don't know, you know, what it's going to be like. And, and you can't dictate what their personality is going to be like or what they're going to look like or what they're going to go through. And so um, we're going to just share some things that we believe will help you. Uh, I'm sure you'll relate to some of those things. And even if you're a man in here, if you have children, you're going to probably relate to some things as well. So um, I've got some five beautiful ladies up here that I know uh, all of them fairly well or have, you know, been around the church for a while and God has helped them through different situations in their lives. And so I'm going to kind of go down the table, uh, but I'm going to kind of randomly, I'm not going to do it in order. I, I like to surprise them. And, uh, <laughs> and so I'm going to start with beauty because beauty, as many of you know, she had a, something very unique that happened to her as a mom. Uh, she had a young daughter, and then she gave birth to triplets. And so I'm going to have her share right now how God helped her. And what, what was that like? I can't even imagine what that would be like. I can't even imagine twins, never mind triplets. So Beauty, do you want to share with us how you dealt with that and what helped you get through it all? Yeah. So anyways, uh, my thing was it took us forever, like um, se about 17 years to have the first daughter. Uh, and uh, we, th we thought we'd try it one more time. <laughs> And then we end up with triplets. But what helped the most was um, the church community. Everybody was asking, can I help, can I help, can I help? 
So my, my friend came up with an idea, if you wanna help, give us your name and we'll call you. So she made a schedule, every, like every hour somebody was coming to my house to help out. So everybody from the church, not naming any names, so many people in the church helped a lot. They make us look good, but it was the church community. So, um, you know, God helps us too to do that. And few times, uh, my husband, no sleep. We're not, not sleeping at all. So, <laughs> so uh, when we got home, I put the little ones uh, on the floor and they all looked at me. <laughs> like, I'm like, what do I do? Where do I start? So I just say to myself, I gotta get busy. So I just, right from there, I just started. Like, I didn't know how I started and I, I'm still going. <laughs> so. <laughs> So now, how old are they now, Beauty? So they're six, and they're six. so I had four kids under two when I got home. So yeah. I'm still here. We st I still have my hair, <laughs> so that's a good thing. <laughs> so the church community really, really helped me. I'm not gonna name any names, but we are we are so involved with them in our lives. And my kids, some of them, they call them aunts, grandmas. They're still involved. They're still much part of our family. Thank you so much. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. And uh, I want to address Sharon Bettany. Um, I've known Sharon for many, many years. And I asked, she's been a foster mother for many years. She has children also at home. But um, she has fostered over 100 or around 135 children. I mean, she really deserves an award for that. But um, anyway, Sharon, do you want to kind of share with us how God helped you through that? And, and uh, you know, just kind of what that was like. Okay. The scripture that helped me through all of the hard times and the good times was, uh, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Um, but the Lord helped me in creative ways too because uh, I had two teenage girls and they wanted to go to the mall and they were dressed really um, risque. And they didn't want to change their outfits so I thought, okay, um, so I went in and changed and got clothes on that looked like theirs. So <laughs> I came out and they were shocked and the girl ran to the stairway and says, boys, don't come up, mom is dressed inappropriately. <laughs> so I said, girls, shall we all go change and go to the mall? Yeah. So. Another uh, story was a young man that we had for nine years, and he was a very special guy, and Sue kind of fostered along with me because we've always kind of lived close together, and she was like my right arm in prayer and, and literally uh, helping out. But um, this fellow went on uh, respite, and the lady called me where he went and said, you didn't tell me about his medical problems, his legs, his transfusions every week. And I said, there's nothing wrong with that boy. <laughs> so he, would, he was a very interesting lad that um, embellished in life and told lots of unusual stories. He kept us laughing. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, I think the hardest thing now is after fostering because the kids are older and some went on to success stories and others didn't. Um, so by the grace of God and prayer, um, we had one of my foster kids go through the woman's home, so that was uh, 
really rewarding. And uh, so, yeah. That's awesome. And, and, and your sidekick here is Sue, and, <laughs> and I love Sue. I truly am her sidekick. I know, and uh, that's why I put them together, so they could kick each other. But um, actually, no, Sue also has raised some, several children, and, um, and she's dealt with, maybe you can talk about what it's like to have a prodigal and how you deal with that. Well, um, you know, growing up, um, all my three children were raised in church, uh, we laid um, a good foundation for our children. Uh, but um, as they got older, uh, they started to make their own choices in life. And the scripture that the Lord truly put on my heart, and it, uh, it's something that I stand for even for my grandchildren, he said, train a child in the way that they should go, and they shall not depart from it. So that's the faith and the promise that God has given me. And I'm not saying, you know, they've made, um, some have made pretty bad choices in life, but I have that blessed hope uh, in the word of God that I know he's going to bring my sons back to him. That's a promise that I have, and that's a promise that I stand on. And I know there were many, many trials that I went through with my children. Uh, but uh, another thing that the Lord always spoke to me was, this too shall pass. And it did pass. And I have to say that I have three beautiful children. I have two boys and one girl. And I have trained them well because they all cook. They all wash. They all serve their wives 100%. They may not be where God would want them to be right now or where I would want them to be, but I am proud of my children. And I know that they're coming in. And um, uh, God is strengthening me. And when Pastor Kathy asked me yesterday, uh, you know, about speaking about the particles, and she said, you know, how do you handle it? And I said, a lot of shandaralamakodia, sindaralamakiria. So I had to throw that in, because when the Spirit of God comes upon you, it may be a five-minute prayer, it may be a 20-minute prayer, but it is powerful. Amen. And there are days I get discouraged, but then I have to look up to God, and He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And uh, I have a prayer warrior here also, and my husband, whom I love dearly. But Sharon and I commute and converse almost every day. We're always texting back and forth for prayer. So, And we've seen God do many miracles Amen. in her life and in my life. And um, I'm very grateful to God for um, the love. And just serving our children is, you know, even though they don't, do what we expect sometimes but you know what god has called me to serve my children my husband and um that's what i'm here to do and i love serving people that's a gift that god has given me and i love serving the body of christ and i'm so thankful that i'm able to do it and i am truly grateful for that and and um you have your daughter, Melissa, yes, yes. who grew up with my daughter, Jamie, yes. and they were good friends. And I know Melissa was away for a while, and then she and her husband, Mike, are back. And, and Mike is one of Pastor Rick's favorites on the Encounter Weekend that <laughs> yes. serves him. Yes. So you have taught them well, and, and uh, uh, I really appreciate it. Just a little story about my daughter when she, 13 years old, when she thought she knew everything. <laughs> and, um, and she really did. There were times, honey, I wanted to... You know, but by the grace of God, you know, she decided she wanted to go out one night and I told her she couldn't go, but she went anyways. And I'm at home praying and I didn't know where she went. I think I shocked her. And I, Melissa, I love you and I hope you don't mind me telling this story. 
but it's late now, but she knows I love her, and she knows it's, it's all in the past. Um, <laughs> but I was praying diligently that night, and I was seeking the Lord, and I said, Lord, I don't know where she is, but I got to find her. You have to lead me to that place where she's at. So I got my shoes on, got my coat on, and I just went out. And um, I had a rough idea, but I didn't know, you know, whereabouts to go. But you know what? The Holy Spirit led me to that house. I was able to find her, and I went in that house. (laughs) And I took her by the hand, and I said, you are coming home. And uh, she did. She wasn't happy with me, but um, she did. But you know what? She is a beautiful, beautiful young lady. She's a wonderful mother. She's a good wife, very supportive wife. And, you know, I am just so thankful for her and um, just where God has brought her from to where she was and where God has brought her today. She is um, wonderful. And so are my my sons. Okay, I'm going to pick on Norma now. Norma is an amazing lady. I've just really grown to know her and love her. To know her is to love her, actually. And, uh, and she's also a graduate from the Life Center. And, but she struggled with depression, severe depression. And I'm going to kind of let her tell your, her story. But one of the biggest things she struggled with through all her, uh, probably a lot of her life, is f- feeling like a failure. And how many moms out here feel like they're a failure as a mom, you know? Many, many moms struggle with that, and they feel like they've blown it, they've missed it, they, you know, ruined their kids, um, they missed opportunities, whatever it is, and I think all mothers kind of feel that way at times. In her case, she really did struggle with serious depression, and, um, and but I want her to share with us, you know, how God, you know, because she, she really felt like she had failed with her kids, and yet God has done something amazing in her life. I'm so thankful for Windsor Life Center, and today is a very emotional day for me because three years ago, um, I said goodbye to my kids on Mother's Day because I was coming to the Windsor Life Center the next day. And if you would have told me that I would be sitting here, still in Windsor, um, (laughs) three years later, Um, and alive, um, just unbelievable. But I did struggle with severe depression and I felt like I wasn't measuring up for my kids. I wasn't the mom that they should have. And unfortunately I did try to end my life several times, which even made it worse um, because I would wake up and after an attempt and feel like I had to put all the pieces back together and how I had destroyed their lives. My children did have a hard time with it, especially my daughter, and our relationship became very distant, especially when I came to Windsor. But praise God, um, that has all changed. Our relationships, I have two boys and a daughter, and our relationships are better than they've ever been in my whole life. Um, I had... I had a message from my younger son last night just wishing me a happy Mother's Day and um, he said he would do anything if he could drive to Windsor and be with me today. And he said, I want to remind you, Mom, that you're a walking miracle. And uh, my daughter, too, while I was in service, just sent me a text too saying, I can't wait to spend next weekend with you. And, you know, three years ago, this sounded impossible. And I know that all things are possible with God. 
And then Kim, and most of you know Kim, she's a crazy lady up here a lot of times. <laughs> she's, she's over our drama ministry, does an incredible job, and you often see her on the stage doing uh, great illustrations for our messages. But she also raised three daughters and sent them all away to college and university and has a... Um, a daughter getting married soon so she's kind of like the empty nester well she was an empty nester I think one of them flew back but um, anyway she can kind of tell us what it's like you know as a mom you know when you raise your kids and you invest so much into them and all of a sudden they go and they go away and now you no longer have the same control over their lives or the decisions that they make and and then of course one's getting married and so that's a huge step for a mom so do you want to share on that um, when my daughters decided to go away to school I I didn't take it personally I figured that I was a good mom and that they weren't running away from me <laughs> <laughs> but we had to leave at the same time and then our middle daughter thought wait a minute this doesn't seem right and so she took off and um, <laughs> so it was just Desmond and I and uh, it was really really hard for me to adjust because I put so much what I felt was time and energy uh, into raising them, along with him, of course, and then to have them go, I was completely lost. I was, I, I was still involved here, obviously, in, in the church, but I was very lost for a long time because my whole identity just got into a car and drove away, and they weren't calling as much. Um, well, I had one daughter who called all the time for everything and still does. Um, <laughs> She, she went, she's at university in the cafeteria, and she sends me a text of a picture of a piece of chicken, and she's asking me, is this cooked? Does this look cooked to you? <laughs> um, so I'm like, honey, I don't know, can you blow it up? Can you make it look a little bigger? I, I can't tell you from all the way over here. If you're not sure, just don't eat it. But um, we've, had a, we've had really a really fun time. Um, I've had a fun time uh, with them. And now that our oldest daughter is getting married and just watching her and the decisions that she's making and that they're all making, it, 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 it's surreal. It's bittersweet. I'm excited for them to start their new life. Um, I'm hoping and believing and trusting, and I've already seen it, that I know they're going to be better spouses than a spouse than I was. Um, a better mother than I was, I believe. I, there, this whole t entire church, this community here, has helped raise our kids. And so when my oldest daughter says to me, "Oh, I, I, you know, our family is huge. We're not here from Windsor. We're not from Windsor. We're from Toronto. So um, our entire family is coming for this for this wedding." But when she says, "You know, I want to invite so and so from the church and so and so from the church because, you know, they're like a second mom to me," it was just such a huge blessing because I really couldn't have done it on the on my own, and I was determined as a mom, because I've heard Pastor Kathy and other mothers say, oh, you know, when you're a grandmother, it's awesome, you get to do it all over again, and I was like, I'm not gonna do it over again, I wanna do it right the first time. And if you've ever seen that commercial, you know, I think it's a, maybe it's a ketchup commercial or something, I don't know, where this little kid, it's like, Austin's mom does this, and Austin's mom, you gotta be like Austin's mom, I swear, I wanted to be Austin's mom. I wanted my kids to just really love me and think that I was the best mom in the whole world and I, I worked so hard and I was so terrible at it because I'm really a high D. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't bake. I don't do all the girly stuff. 
I, you know, I'm athletic. I'd rather be out in the mud. I, you know, and I'm like sending my kids mixed messages, I'm sure. But I was determined to be Austin's mom. And I just want to share how, how I was never, ever Austin's mom because these are the kinds of things that I would get for Mother's Day. First of all, my daughter wrote this, this um, lovely message and was always writing love letters to my husband because um, she loved him so much, which was really important to me because I grew up without a dad. And I spent a lot of my time trying to make my husband into the dad I thought he was supposed to be that I didn't have. But she says this, Dear Dad, I love it when you jump with me. I love it when you talk with me and, and walk with me and give me a piggyback. I like it when it's just you and me. When it's just you and me only. <laughs> this is the same daughter who moved back home and she wasn't even home for 24 hours and I go downstairs and she's all cuddled up in my spot next to my husband. And it's okay, it's all right, I'm okay. Anyways, um, I love it when you tell me jokes. I love it when you push me on the swings. I like it when you teach me about Jesus. Oh, so nice. Isn't that nice? Dads, wouldn't you love a card like that? Okay, well, this is what I got for Mother's Day. Um, to mom. I won't say who it's from. Be happy. It's Mother's Day. It's your day. And then she even included a scripture, which reads... When someone sins, <laughs> my gosh! And it's got a mom, and she's jogging, so that was okay because I like to jog. But it says, "When someone sins, he earns what sins pays: death." <laughs> Romans six twenty three. Those are the kind of Mother's Day cards I would get. <laughs> and I think to myself, wow, okay, well, I mean, she's blunt. She still is, even to this day. But I love her. I love all of my girls. And um, seeing your children grow up and having aspirations for them and seeing them walk in those aspirations are phenomenal. But... The scripture that God shared with me was, um, let your light shine before all men, and they will see your good works to glorify God in heaven. And I thought, Why the, that doesn't even make sense. What are you talking about, God? Like, and he shared with me, look, he spoke to me very clearly, maybe five, five times in my whole life did God ever speak to me, and one time it was, get off my throne. And I'm like, what does that mean? And then he said the scripture again, and then I realized God was saying, that I wanted to be on his throne. I wanted my kids to love me more than anything. And as a mom, maybe you do want that, but that's not God's will. And he said, let your light shine before your children, and they will see your good works, and they will glorify me in heaven. And to watch my kids worship and praise God is just the... Uh, it, doesn't, it, it doesn't even have... I can't even express it. So... I'm so thankful that God shared that word with me when they were younger and I was trying to be like Austin's mom because, I don't know, maybe they wouldn't be here today. That's awesome. Awesome. I think we have a few more minutes, so I'm going to maybe have each one of you, like, 
can you tell us a funny story, Beauty? I, kids. Yeah. I mean, it must be house. funny having yeah, three never, triplets. Yeah. There's oh. never a dull mom in a house. So we have uh, Rebecca. She says in mine, is it on? Okay. So Rebecca, I think Kevin had put uh, Rebecca in timeout. We always do timeouts, so spank her. So uh, she was there like over five minutes, and all of a sudden, uh, she walks up to Kevin, she's like, you're fired as a dad. You know, you know, and she's just like, you're fired. Like, uh, Kevin was like, wow, <laughs> okay. So like, she always says the way it is, like uh, when I was party training her, she, I, I'll give them a frizzy if you go in the toilet, whatever, right? So she took that frizzy to me, she said, I do not like your poopy freezer. She, dro she drops it on the ground. And she, whenever she was ready, she potty trained herself. I didn't have to do anything. She's very strong-willed. So we tried to just make her, you know, try to kind of discipline her by giving her that opportunity. Even now, you ask her something, she'll tell you the way it is. Do not ask her if you don't want to know the truth. <laughs> so she's very, yeah, she tells you the truth. So it's always fun at our house. It's busy, but like mm -hmm. I said, mm -hmm. uh, never mm -hmm. dull moment at our house. And Sharon, having 135 foster children, I can't even imagine. Um, there must be some funny things that happened. Hold your mic up. Oh, sorry. I want to tell you about Tom, who's still with us. He sits out um, in the front there and plays his game because he's special needs while Al is ushering. But um, Tommy goes to a day program, and we have trouble getting him to eat his lunch. So he would be creative, and he would throw the lunch away and say he ate it all. And then I said, well, where's the bags that I put them in, you know? And so we think, and he would bring back empty bags but be throwing it in. So this day I picked him up, I says, Tom, did you eat your lunch? Yes, I did. I said, God is gonna tell me if you ate your lunch. He goes, I'll talk to God. <laughs> I said, what are you going to say? He said, I don't know yet. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, that's a good one. Sue, do you have anything funny that you can remember where, uh, when you had your kids? I have a, a lot of things. I could probably write a book on some of them. But I'd have to say, Chris used to always like to lock me out of the house. And we lived on a cul-de-sac, right? And, you know, being a Christian, you know, there were times I didn't handle it too well. Because he would lock me out, and I'd have to knock on the door. And he was kind of, he was a little, you know, he had, he had a lot of energy, Chris, a lot of energy. But one time, I was pregnant for Melissa. This is um, the one that I thought was a little bit pregnant for Melissa. He decided to get in our car in the driveway, and he put the car in neutral. And the car started to go back. So, of course, I ran out of the house. I panicked, and I'm, I think, five, six months pregnant. And, uh, I mean, it's funny now, but it wasn't funny at the time. And the neighbors, you know, I used to try to hide a lot of things from the neighbors, but I think they saw everything. So, so there I am. I'm outside trying to push the car back up into the driveway. Five months pregnant. Yeah, it's on a slant. But you know what? I got that sucker up there, I'll tell you. It took me a while, but I got that car up there, and I brought him in there, and then I kind of paddled his little behind. Just a little bit, not much. But... <laughs> Norma, <laughs> well, you were struggling with depression, so I don't know if you have any funny stories, but maybe you do. <laughs> Actually, my life just began when I met you. Oh, great. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, you know what? I really, um, for most of my life, I didn't realize it until going through what I did. 
but there was such a heavy spirit of depression over me. And uh, yeah, we had good times with the kids. And, uh, but honestly, I want to say I just have so much freedom now, and I'm enjoying my kids so much more. And uh, I'm thankful for that. And Norma has quite a sense of humor, um, I might add. She's always got something funny to say, and we like teasing her all the time. So, you know, sometimes she might take it a little personally, so I have to be careful. But have been pretty rough lately, too. Yeah, well. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to ask each one of the ladies to share, and you can go in order, it doesn't matter, um, uh, some advice that you would give to mothers out there on, on what it is, you know, on, on what's helped you as a mother or just advice, something you know that has kind of been an anchor for you as a mom, uh, something that you would like to say. Okay, we'll start with Norma. <laughs> okay, I would like to say, you know, something that I learned is just the expectations, instead of having them up so high, like you're a mom, for me, I was a working mom, you're busy, um, you know, your kids love you and you just try and do the best that you can. And one verse that has really stuck with me too is be still and know that I'm God. And just taking that time and being still and uh, it's just enjoying your kids because they do grow up so quickly. Mine is that it takes a village actually to raise the kid. It took a village for us. So, to raise uh, three kids. Three, four, four kids. <laughs> so I always encourage people that mm -hmm. it's okay to involve other people in your life. You, mm -hmm. Sometimes you cannot do it by yourself. And uh, this too will pass. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. That's good. Um, years ago, um, oh, I do it. sorry about that. Years ago, <laughs> uh, we were on our way to um, um, marriage weekend in Wallaceburg. And Julie was just little and I had to bath her. And it was the day our house closed, so we had to go to the lawyers, and everything was just rushed. And she was only about three years old, but she says, Mommy, are we always going to be in a hurry? And I thought, whoa. So um, try and slow down and enjoy the ride. And, um, you know. That's so. very good. Very, very good. Um, I think with me, the advice I would give is, you know, our children grow up so fast, and... I was a working mom too, and you know what? I always wanted my children to grow up really fast. I guess it was just, I wasn't saved at the time. But anyways, the one thing I would say is to really just enjoy your children because they do grow up so fast, and I'm telling you, you blink. You just blink. That's all I did was blink, and they were all married. And I was, I found it, I mean, I have a wonderful husband. I love my husband, but I found it very hard adjusting to not having my children at home. But God has rewarded me with eight grandchildren, so when they come over, they make up for that loss. But anyways, just enjoy your family and just love on your kids because it's so important because they do grow up so fast. They do. Yeah. I guess um, for myself, I would say cut yourself some slack, moms. Um, you know, uh, love on yourself. Um, your kids really... A, refle a reflection of God and, and not so much a reflection of yourself. And I don't know, uh, for me, that's, that's what I took home for myself, just wanting my girls to reflect the nature of Christ. Because sometimes you see things in your kids, and they might irk, that might irk you, but that might not irk God. Because that might be something that God has put in them and is wanting to develop them, for, de develop through them 
and later on in life. So simply don't sweat the small stuff, the big stuff, the little stuff. Don't sweat anything. Like um, she was saying, they grow up really, really fast, and you blink, and then they're gone. Um, enjoy every moment with them, and love your husband. Because your girls and your sons, uh, your children are going to see that, and um, it speaks volumes to them. Love you, ladies. And I, that's awesome. I, uh, I want to say this, too, because, um, you know, I've had uh, prodigal, prodigal children as well, and um, sometimes people think, oh, well, we've got everything all together all the time, and we don't, and we have to go through life just like anyone else. And I truly have learned to trust God and knowing and understanding the cross as being the anchor in my life has really helped because when you can trust God, when you know you can trust God, when you know he loves you, when you know he's on your side and that he even loves your kids more than you do. I mean, you love your kids with all of your heart, but God loves them even more and that's hard to fathom. And so to surrender your kids to God when they're not worthy you want them to be is not easy but when you trust God it's easy and one of my favorite scriptures is cast all my care upon him for he cares for me and the other favorite one is be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication let your request be made known unto God and so there's many days where I'm casting the care of my kids on God or casting the care of my now grandkids on God because you can't you know when they grow up they make decisions and you do your best to raise them in the things of God sometimes they have to learn some things the hard way um, but they will come back and I believe with all my heart what you said about you know raise them in the way of the Lord when they're old they won't depart from it sometimes they'll depart from it when they're young but not you know and they but they come back and um, and I've seen that happen uh, numerous times and I'm so grateful God is faithful and God is trustworthy and he does love your children with everything well enough to go to the cross for them and um, and so that's why it's so important that we can trust God and get out of the way sometimes we get in the way and we're trying to fix something that we can't fix and all we do is make it worse rather than surrender to God and so you know Mother's Day is can be bittersweet and I know again as we said earlier there's some of you here maybe you feel like a failure as a mom uh, maybe you lost your mom maybe you have children that aren't speaking to you or that you know are out in the world somewhere and you're not really knowing what they're doing and um, or maybe you just want to be a mom and I want to say this to those that want to be a mom there's lots of people already here that are looking for somebody that can be a role model in their life and can be like a mom to them and so you know in the meantime you know look for somebody and just be that mom to them and uh, and if you need a mom look for somebody that that uh, is a good role model for you that uh, you can connect with and be have that person in your life because we are family here there's a spiritual family here that God is putting together and he orchestrates things and just as beauty said all the people that came around her when she was you know having when she had triplets and the help she she had from the family the church and so you know all of us together can help with each other and with our children and I just want to thank all you ladies you all did an incredible job I have a little gift you can pass these around I, I didn't get a chance to open it yet but maybe you could open it and take one and give that around and um but they did an awesome job and I'm going to ask Pastor Rick and he can come up here and I'm going to be going into the foyer because I have to book sign. And um, but uh, I appreciate my husband. He's a great dad, and uh, and he's a blessing. And I love him very much. And he's going to be cooking today, so I don't have to. So it's all good. Sharon used to be a biker's mama. Her wedding pictures was on on the Harley, right or wrong. 
when I seen the whole thing, just uh, amazing. I know all these lovely ladies and are so appreciative. Kim, you need a TV show. I mean, you're, you, you, you're better than anything out there, okay? Uh, now, everybody ready for Shemachero unedited? Okay, I want you to just try to figure out who this would be, okay? Dad, I would never work for you. Okay. Jay Bettany comes over one day. That's Sharon's son, who is friends of our families, okay? And he says, nice job, dude. Who smacked the car? And I says, what do you mean? He said, the whole front of your car's wiped out. And then one of the kids pipes up and says, oh, Dad, I forgot to tell you, I hit the house. Okay, how about this one? Dad, you don't get it. He actually enjoys pushing your buttons. And then here's another one. God has a sense of humor on this one. Please don't tell dad, mom. I got a speeding ticket. 150 in an 80-hour zone. <laughs> and now he's a police officer. <laughs> oh, God's got it. And then I go to him after I found out two years later. And I said, what were you thinking? Oh, Dad, I was in the spirit. I said, you're going to give me the spirit. <laughs> he said, seriously. He said, I was just worshiping God in the spirit. God uses children sometimes to remind you of your past. And I remember when I got thrown in, okay, doing 90, listen carefully, in a 25 zone and not kilometers. Anyway, and locked up. And anyway, so that's another whole story of my wonderful past. But here's the last one. This is the best one, okay? It's 3 a.m. on Sunday morning. Got to get up in just a few hours. And, and we get a call from the St. Clair Beach police before St. Clair Beach was amalgamated, okay? And we get a car, and the police officer that's on the line says, uh, hello, this is the St. Clair Beach police. Uh, is Rick Shimatero there? I said, this is him. He says, um, he says uh, well, we have your car. Do you have a 1985 LeBaron? I said, yeah, it's in the driveway. He says, I don't think so. <laughs> he says, do you have a, a young lady? I won't give the name. Okay, do you have a young lady that's, uh, yeah, she's downstairs with her friends. <laughs> and he says, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, she didn't even have her license. So, and this is the perfect child, Okay. <laughs> Anyway, it's like, so, so he goes out, and it's like, I can tell you stories, okay? And so then we go, so then I got to wake up Kathy and say, uh, Kath, guess what? Uh, we got a little issue, okay? And she what's going on? I says, uh, the car's gone, and apparently the girls downstairs aren't there. They're out here, okay? And we got to go and get them, okay? So he goes over there, and all I heard was, please, please, Dad, will you take me home? I don't want to go in the car with Mom, anything but Mom, anything but Mom. <laughs> So anyway, try to figure it all out, but we still have the greatest kids on the planet. Amen? And so it's been challenging over the years, but we're so very thankful for each one of the, the kids that God has entrusted to us. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet.